Welcome back to another episode of Coffee in Christ, everyone. Hello. Hello. Or as some say in other countries, shalom. Isn't that like... You know? Is that... Hello? What? Is that hello? I don't think so. I think it's like <laughs> go in peace. Oh. You know what? They all say it, so... Let's just find out. Uh, you know, I'm not too sure. I think something... I think it means like peaceful things, though. I might be so wrong on that, but I just feel like peace of some kind. Ah, uh. <coughs> late on. <coughs> Many are familiar with the Hebrew word shalom. Right, shalom means peace in English. But beyond the simple definition, what is shalom's true meaning? The common Western definition of shalom is the absence of conflict or war. So peace. But in Hebrew, it means so much more. Uh-huh. Hmm. Sounds like a deep dive we could do one day. <laughs> but we don't is, have time for that. Is shalom also Arabic? Maybe. Is that what it says, really? Maybe? It probably says yes. There's just a lot of words there to read. You know what? Stay tuned for a more oh. definite. Uh, Did Jesus use the word shalom? Okay. Undoubtedly, notice what Yahshua, Jesus, mm-hmm. said when he first met the disciples after the resurrection. Luke twenty four thirty six. while they were telling these things, he himself stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. So or shalom equals shalom. Okay. Anyway. Well, I mean that makes sense to me. Shalom, shalom, shalom everyone. <laughs> you used it correctly. Shalom, everyone. Uh, give us the time. It's five twenty-seven. You know what that means. Actually, we'll just take it back for a second. It's been a while since we've been on the air, and it's been for many reasons. And I'll leave that up to Dylan to explain or do any of that. Explaining to y'all. But we are sorry. We are sorry. We are back, though. It has been some crazy times. And also, you know, like the the whole not posting sometimes because on the church Wi-Fi sometimes it doesn't post. So yeah, that's, that's my fault. Nah, I mean, we're, we're figuring it out as we go. We're like, well, no kidding. Like, open it up, which we it'd probably be a good idea if I check more often. Yes. Like... Like, if I check maybe Thursday, maybe tomorrow, the next day, to see if it posts. But instead, we don't mm-hmm. check till the following Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And Dylan would just go, dang, dang it. it. <laughs> and then we'll be like, what? And he'd be like, it didn't post again. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the, like, unprofessional. It's just it's what it boils down to right here. Unprofessional. Mm-hmm. It's all right. This is raw footage. Mm-hmm. Raw footage. But we are back. We are hopefully going to get in a groove again. Um, as you might hear some tunes. Is that Carol? No. Is that Carol the That's what I thought. That's is it Pentatonics or Dylan? Is that, uh, <laughs> I can't tell. Nobody is going to find out. Dylan, go ahead and give us a Christmas calendar update while you're there. 
It is. Wait, hold on. It's December 13th, 529. So it's 11 days, 6 hours, 30 minutes, and 4 seconds. Wow. Until Christmas. Wow. That's awesome. Speaking of pentatonics, I want to insert this real quick. I know. We're not, we're not like sponsored by we're not. pentatonics we're or, not. or this movie I'm going to mention. Have you seen Candy Cane Lane yet? Okay, it's the Eddie, Eddie Murphy movie. Mm-hmm. It's actually, like, great. Watched it last night with the fam. It is very kid-friendly, obviously, mm-hmm. and, you know, but it's it's very good, and Pentatonics is in it. Oh, cool. Quite often. You know, speaking of Pentatonics and the movie, I let myself down, and I'm you, really sad about it. You should have became the backup singer for Pentatonics. <laughs> is that what, No. <laughs> is that what you're saying? I didn't pursue my dream, everyone. the world wants it, but (laughs) Dylan doesn't. (laughs) No, I'm just disappointed in myself. Okay, go ahead. With all the hustle and bustle, I forgot to order my tickets to the Pentatonics concert. That's on Friday? Yeah. And they're in Knoxville. It's okay, I didn't either. I'm so sad, because I love them. I've been a fan of Pentatonics since I was 16 years old. When you see Gary tomorrow, you, you need to ask him, because he's a huge Pentatonix fan, you need to ask him if he's going. Who? Gary, the plumber. Am I going to see him tomorrow? At uh, uh, B&I. Oh, I thought you meant other Gary mm. that we would no longer see yeah. seeing. Sorry. Yeah. He's a Pentatonix guy? He's a big Pentatonix guy. I wonder if he's going. That's why you need to just be like, hey, you going? I'm going to be driving through Knoxville. Are you? On Friday. Not to see Pentatonix, though. Oh, that's so sad. I'm actually honestly sad about it. I just didn't order tickets. They'll come around, though. So This is the first time they've been close since I was 16. Yeah, they have been up north. Well, I'm going to pray that they'll come back. Let's, let's if you're listening, no, just don't, because I, I can't go. You can't go? I can't go. What if the ticket... So, what what prior events do you have? I can't. I just can't go. Okay. Well, that's okay. But we'll look in least at least. But maybe maybe one day, Pentatonics, if you're listening, come back imagine, to Tennessee. Imagine if they listen to that. Or Kentucky, Indiana, Georgia, Alabama, any t- any state that touches Arizona, Tennessee. Arkansas. <sighs> I sure miss my mom and pa. Did you get that reference? Alabama, Arkansas. <laughs> I sure miss my, my mom and pa. <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, while Jackson's looking up that, I will say, um, life has been forty three dollars. Oh, that's cheap. Row eleven. Mm. I can get you all the way row B, which is no kidding. Stage B for one hundred seventy dollars. That's expensive, but. I'd pay, but that's I'd pay three hundred dollars right to see him. That's row nine. I can get you row four, which is probably even closer because four becomes comes before nine. Good, four good. Two. I'm glad that you know that for two seventy one for two tickets. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. If I could spend money right now, I would. oh, that's Saturday. That's not Friday. Oh, Saturday. But anyway, I, alas. At last. I said, alas. Alas. I won't be there. <laughs> but um, your life has been good. It's been a little hectic, a little busy, but that's a good thing. That's what we like to hear. So what about you? So what about you? 
Leaving everything in the dark. Well, you can. I'm just tired of talking about it. It's all you. Just take it away, Penny. No, I won't. We'll we'll wait to another day when we're just. That's me being like really excited. I'm excited. I'm just tired. Oh yeah, it's been a long couple of days, to say the least. Been working very hard, uh, putting them those those hours, getting those dirt road dollars. Dirt road dollars. And. I mean, for me, everything's great. School's done. Um, work's great. You know, it's, it's going really good right now. Um, and tomorrow, that would be Thursday. Me and Dylan have some Christmas plans with the other boys. We do. So, you know, it's always a good time of year, sharing some gifts. Love everyone. Always, but especially right now. That was your gift that popped into the office. Was it actually? Was like, get, 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 get. get it out of here. Mike throws it to get me. Get it out of here. Jackson, open that for me. It was in a black package. Okay, well, that's good. I feel like all gifts should come that way. Well, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to wrap my gifts, so they may just be in Amazon boxes. That's fine. Don't, don't laugh at me. No, that's funny, but just don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. What's... No, I'm gonna to make. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go buy some wrapping paper tonight, and I'm gonna wrap them mugs. Just put them in bags. No, it's, wrapping is more fun because it's, it shows the character of the, of the gift. It's also, it's honestly kind of funny because I'm not the best gift wrapper. Never been really good at working with my hands, <coughs> but I'm gonna wrap them. It's not that bad. Once you figure out the first one, and like kind of like relearn, then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this ain't that hard. Yeah. Because that's how I was last night when I was wrapping gifts. I was like, I cut one wrong, and I was like, e, and then I relearned. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anywho, yeah, work is good. I will say this: we are no longer employed at Action Heating and Cooling. Mm-hmm. And it was for the better. It was for the better. We're happier. Mucho. But. We won't dive into the details. That's all you really need to know. Yeah. You don't need to know that stuff about us. That's all you really need to know. We're no longer important. We still work together, though. We do. And we do the same thing. (coughs) Heating and air. In fact, yes, we do. Mechanical. We Plumbing. Connect people. We do. So that's um, that's what you need to know. And we're not answering to anybody else. Ever. But ourselves. So it's nice. Anyway, that's all we'll uh, talk about. For that Proverbs chapter twelve, we are quickly running out of time. Yeah, and, and also just go. I'm gonna throw it in there. Me and Dylan are teaching at Christian Cove. This is our last night, isn't it? Mm. I think so. Are you sure? I think we just changed topics after tonight. You sure? I don't know because Lindsay, like, I saw her yesterday. She was like, "Well, not yesterday, last Wednesday." She was like, "How did it go?" Kind of like, and we were like, "Oh yeah," I was like, "Yeah, we're going good." She's like. Next week, last week, and I was like, okay. Like, I just went with it. I don't know. I'll have to ask her. Anywho. So well, Jackson's we, taking that class over tonight. And no, not tonight. I'm excited maybe, for him. Maybe another day. But I'm not excited tonight. for him. Not, not tonight. Anyway, we'll talk Why about that later. Why not tonight? That's my question to you, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. Never mind. But that means we also have to get in the classroom a little earlier for me to sit behind a desk and connect everything. And for Dylan to warm up his speaking voice. So, anywho, let's get into Proverbs chapter 12. I'm kind of just, um, I'm just going to read like halfway. Like, 
Wait, do you have any verses already picked out in your head? I don't. I was leaving it wide open because I thought you might have some. Oh, I do have some. So but tell I, me yours, and I'll pick around them. No, 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 because I'm going to read to verse 14. Mm-hmm. And if you got one, we'll say it, all right? Kay. Just to kind of break it up so we're not all, like, speed reading through. Right. Through the whole chapter. All right, so chapter 12, verse 1. Uh, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of evil devices he condemns. No one is established by wickedness, but the root of righteousness uh, righteous will never be re- uh, moved. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she uh, who brings shame is like a rot- is like rottenness in his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are just the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. The words of the wicked lie and wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright deliv- delivers them. The wicked are overthrown and are no and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. A man is con- uh, commended according to his good sense, but one of a twisted mind is the, is despised. But better to be lowly and have a servant than to play the great man and lack bread. Whoever is righteous has uh, regard for the life of his beast, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Whoever is wicked covets the spoils of evildoers, but the root of righteous bears fruit. An evil man is ensnared by the transgressions of his lips, but the righteous escapes from trouble. From the fruit of, of his mouth, a man is satisfied with good, and the work of a, of a man's hand comes back to him. You go first. No, you pick. No, you. No, I, you. I don't care. You pick. I, I really don't care. You pick, though. Well, I would like to talk about verse 4. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> did you have verse 4? No, list? I didn't. I was just kidding. Well... Did you have one, two, or three on there? No. Well, you can take all those if you want. No, no, it's okay. I just I didn't know if you needed to go before me. No, 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 you're good. So we have here, <coughs> excuse me, we have here a verse that some may just overlook, you know, and I like this. So it says, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. And you think about. Reading, of course, I wasn't around, but royalty and I, what is the, the country, England, mm-hmm. that does all that? And it's like they you see in the movies, like Disney movies and animated movies, and I don't follow the royal family or anything, but you think about clearly. the crown. Huh? I said clearly. <laughs> you think about the crown, right? And at least in all the Disney movies that I've seen, it's like protected at all costs it's always nice and clean and like in this little box until it's ready to be worn then you take it out of the box and very gently they place it on the king's head and all these things right so then this is referring to an excellent wife is the crown of her husband you know i i really have a hard time with women being treated badly. You know, especially good women. Yeah. You know, good, Christian, wholesome women being treated badly, like, physically makes my heart hurt. Or like in a movie, when 
women get like hit or slapped or whatever, it literally makes my my entire body like shiver. I can't imagine mistreating a woman, even a bad woman, even a bad woman. I still, in my mind, I just can't fathom being ugly to a woman. I just can't. I'm not saying that women are weaker. I mean, but I'm not going to say that, okay? I'm not going to say they're the weaker sex. I'm not going to say that they're inferior to men because I think we should empower women, right? But here it says should be a crown of her husband. If we're married or we're in a relationship with somebody that we know that we're going to marry, like that should be something that we cherish, you know, that we want to take care of them and be the, the best Christian that we can be for them, right? And there's kind of a gray area there when you're in a relationship with somebody that you know that you're going to marry. Like, the rules of a relationship 100% still apply even if you do plan on getting married, you know? And that woman should support you should care about you, should love you. That makes her an excellent woman, right? But we as husbands need to take the responsibility of caring for them and empowering them and making them feel safe and happy the same way that a king cherishes and protects his crown, right? Excuse me. But then you have the flip side, but she who brings shame is like rottenness to his bones. You know, women have a lot of power over men. And we talked about that before. You know, they have a lot of power that, to me, as, you know, an imperfect person that's just striving to, to have a relationship with God. I mean, that's how we all are, really. We're Christians, and we're not perfect, and we make mistakes. But, you know, women who have no respect for biblical authority and all they want to do is entice you by sending, you know, bad pictures or, you know, letting you in on too much of their life before you're married. And and, uh, we could go on and on and on. But when we find this crown jewel, right, it's our responsibility to number one, seek after the excellency, right? Seek, seek the excellent wife, not the people that bring us down. Not the people who are going to drag us into the ditches, right? But an excellent wife, that's who we need to be looking for. And when we find them, we got to cherish them, right? We have to treat women right, right? And then verse 1, I'll talk about that a little bit. I like it. It says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. I love how it just flats out calls it out, right? I love the ESV. They're stupid, right? Discipline is a part of life. And there's two ways to take it. You either thrive from it, learn from it, and gain knowledge. Or if you just avoid it at all costs and hate it, well, you're stupid. Let's just say it. You know, sometimes it's good to be fussed at. Sometimes it's good to be brought back down to cloud nine and be like, okay, I still have some sort of authority. And if you don't have any kind of authority, number one, good for you. Okay. Maybe you're the boss at your work and 
You're the boss of your home, and you don't have to worry about your anybody else telling you what to do. Good for you, but guess what? You still answer to a higher authority. We still serve a God that has power over us and is just this omniscient figure, and we have to understand that we have to succumb to that figure in order to gain knowledge. Right, but if we hate it and we and we just say, "I know everything," well, then you're not smart, and the opposite of smart is dumb, stupid, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> as verse one says. So there's two for me. I'll turn it over to Jackson. Yeah, I um, I liked verse nine. Uh, I'm gonna read it again. It says, "Better to be lowly and have a servant than to play the great man and lack bread." Um, I'm gonna read it in a different way. The NIV. I like the way it says it. It says, "Better to be nobody." And yet have a servant than pretend to be somebody and have no food. You know, this proverb kind of tells us to, how I take it, to be true to ourselves. Not try to be um, someone we're not and finding um, contentment in that. That we are the way who we are and, you know, stuff like that. And in a world where people place their appearances, their, their things, their, you know, stuff on the highest pedestal, have the highest value. You know, it's very enticing to want more, to constantly be chasing that dollar and to spending it on something else that makes, you know, you look good or fill in the blank, you know. But that's not what this verse is saying here. The way I read it, it tells us to be honest and to, more importantly, be satisfied with what you have and who you are. And because if you're not, then you could lack food as well. If you're trying to be, pretend to be somebody you're not, you could lack bread or the NIV says no food. So I like that verse. It's being true to yourselves, finding that contentment and satisfaction. But yeah, that's all I, I didn't have to. I only have one for that little block of block of text. Well, picking up in verse 15, it says the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to his advice. His advice. The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a fault witness, false witness utters deceit. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrust, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who just devise evil, but those who plan peace have joy. No ill befalls the righteous, but the wickedness, the wicked are filled with trouble. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of the fools proclaims folly, and the hand of the, of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the one, the way of the wicked, will lead him astray. Whoever is slothful will not roast his game, but the diligent man will get his precious wealth. And the path of righteousness is life, and in its path, pathway there is death. There is no death. Excuse me. You go first. Dylan, I challenge you tomorrow to use the word vexation. 
Uh, is, did I say it wrong? No, it's a feeling of being annoyed, puzzled, or frustrated. Oh. I have never used that word. I wondered what it was. I was just hoping I was reading it right. Oh, Verse no, you did. 16, I, the vexation of a fool is known at once. Yeah, I, could, I looked it up because I was like, what is that word? But it's annoyance, irritation, irritability, something that causes, yep. Yeah. Um, the cares and vexations of life. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I've never used that word and probably never will. However, so I had a couple of verses in here, but I'm only going to pick one. Uh, I just want to figure out which one I want. More. I don't mind. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, verse 19. I don't actually. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. You know, this is <clears throat> this is big for me. You know, as Christians, we're commanded that if we have a problem with somebody, that we need to go to that person and talk about it. We need to go to that person and and let them know what's going on. That's one thing that I've tried to do. I've not always been successful with it, you know, imperfect person here. Um, but basically being straightforward with somebody. Don't. Don't go behind their back and say something else. Don't keep something from them on purpose. But truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. You know, I've been in some situations in the past few weeks, and that's all we'll say. But at the end of the day, the truth always comes out. Always. Because God's going to make sure that that happens. So truthful lips, they endure forever. They're omnipresent the way Christ is because God's going to make sure that the truth is there. But a lying tongue is but for a moment. You know, eventually all lies are going to cease. The truth's going to come out and all lies are going to cease. They're going to be done. But I guess what I, what I get from that is, you know, if you talk behind somebody's back and you're not truthful with them about how you feel, shame on you. They should know. There should never be a moment that you're close to somebody and they have to question that. Because as Christians or people who are striving to be Christ-like, there's no room for that. There's no room for a lying tongue. Truthful lips should be what we strive to have every single day. I'm not going to say that I've, I've certainly had my fair share of moments that I didn't tell somebody how I felt. But that's what I strive to do is... Everybody should know how I feel all the time. And, uh, you know, there's some things you should keep to yourself, I guess. But don't lie. Don't lie to somebody. Don't be nice to their face and then go and tell somebody something else. Because that's not cool. That's not the way Christ would have us to live, I guess. So there's mine. Oh, yeah. I do want to, this is not the one I want to talk about, but I want to point out how we keep saying um, over and over again that these are, uh, probabilities. They're not promises. Uh, verse 21 says, No ill befalls the righteous, but the wicked are filled with trouble. You know, this is a very outward-looking um, proverb. You know, right right now, I would definitely say, you know, there's definitely some ill will every now and then, <laughs> even to the righteous. But this is very, I think this is very outward-looking. Like, in the end, no. No ill if you stay righteous kind of deal. But okay, what I, I'll keep on that whole truthfulness train. Let's get on um, verse 22. It says, Lying lips 
are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. And so, kind of staying with this truthfulness, this reliability, um, you know, are found in his delight. But, you know, the first part of that, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. We talked about abominations earlier in Proverbs 6, where there were seven things that were abomination. Um, Lying lips were one of them. But, you know, God hates lying. It says right there. I mean, Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 44, that Satan is the father of lies. So, you know, that's why it's so dangerous to lie sometimes. Because we don't want to tell, you know, you know, this big lie. We want to say these little small white lies. But, you know, a lie is a lie is a lie. They're, they're all the same. And, you know, those who lie are found in an abomination to God because it's a sin. And, right. But kind of the same thing with Dylan is it says a lot when you're truthful. You know, those words that uh, if you have those truthful lips, they're endure forever. Um, and then we found right here that kind of the opposite of lying is being truthful and staying faithful are found in his delight. I mean, we Dylan talked about Jesus, well, the delight earlier in chapter 8 when wisdom was talking about it. And so that's just another proverb that I that I got from that. Do you got any more? Any more? I'll say I'll say one more just to to close us out. Uh, verse twenty four, the hand of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. Labor, um, that's, you know, slothful just means laziness. And so this proverb is talking about diligence versus laziness. You know, laziness is just something I don't really love. It's something that I gotta you know get patient with some people because some people aren't just like as motivated or something like that. But if you see something that needs to be done and you're the one that's supposed to do it, you need to do it. Kind of being diligent or working hard. And this proverb is implying, remember, probability, not promises, is implying that this leads to a path of success. I mean, Dylan, how essential is it to see your workers working hard? Pretty essential. Right. And if you <laughs> see them working hard, are they probably going to, you know, get a little help if you... You know, if you can find a way to reinforce them, you're going to probably do that if oh, you yeah. find them. Right. Absolutely. So it, it leads to success. But however, on the other hand, if you see someone slacking around, Dylan, what, what are you going to do? Punish. Punish. <laughs> Fight. I'm just Forced kidding. labor. Or that I could translate into undesirable work. That's what just I meant. Punish. Yeah, I, wasn't, I didn't mean to, to jump off the script like that. No, no, you're good. We don't have a script. <laughs> this is all raw things. I would delightfully teach them new ways to do it. There you go. There we go. I feel like that was... <laughs> anyway. But yeah, that's that's another proverb that I like. I'm I'm big on, on working hard and diligence and kind of, you know, working your way to the position you want to, not just being like, not asking for it. For some reason, that rubs me the wrong way, and that might be just me. But like people who like ask for raises or mm-hmm. something like that, I'm like, just work hard. Right. I was like, they're gonna notice. Don't you worry about that kind of deal. Anyhow, mm-hmm. all right, that's that's a soapbox that I'm not gonna ever get on again because <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble or get myself in trouble. Because we just talked about how lips are very 
very important. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? Verse 18. There's one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, mm. but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Amen. That's another really important one that, you know, words can, or we need to be considerate of what our words can do, you know, what we tell people in that time um, of something that happens. Maybe we don't mean to, but we said it, and those words, depending on what they are, could act like a like a sword, stabbing mm-hmm. people. Exactly. That's a terrible, terrible Stab. thing. That's a terrible thing to, to think of, but that's what it's like. Or they can be used to heal people. You know, words can mend relationships, uplift those around us by being positive and kind of showing Jesus's love. Uh, they can provide comfort to those and. Uh, or if you need to spread some comforting thoughts to help uplift somebody. These are all, you know, we can build off that more. We can go down 25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad, you know. Mm. Love on on people. I was like, words are super powerful. Love on people. Most importantly, they have the healing power. Maybe not like physically. (laughs) I cannot tell your bone to unbreak. However, they can help you emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know, so this week, carefully consider what you're going to say to people. Amen. Love on, love on folks. Love on folks. That's what we're supposed to do. Love on folks. Every day of our life, love on them. Yeah. Even if they don't love you, love on them anyway. That's right. So uh, thank you all for joining us for a little bit of a short episode, but we got to get ready to teach. Well, Dylan to teach some fifth and sixth graders, and I'm going to be behind a computer stand and. Making sure it all goes smoothly. We hope you have a great week. And listen to what Jackson said. Love on some folks. Be friendly. Encourage somebody. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Watch your mouth. Yeah. And love your wife. (laughs) Love your wife. All right. Have a great week. Yep. See y'all. Jesus loves you.